Hello, everyone. Welcome into another episode of Kentucky Daily, a daily podcast covering your University of Kentucky Wildcats. I'm Sean Smith. He's Derek Terry. Derek, how are you today? I'm doing well, Sean, hanging in there, really, really hoping that uh, this next round of snow that is predicted for tonight somehow avoids us because this has already been a terrible winter and it's just January. Yeah, we, we start our district tournament tonight. It's it's not going to affect us, but could affect the rest of the tournament and could cause them to kind of double up games Saturday, which would not hurt us because we don't have to play one with us being the one seed. So uh, maybe the snow would help us out a little bit. But, yeah, I'm, I'm kind of tired of the snow at this point. I sort of wondered if uh, just since it's a Wednesday game for Kentucky at Texas A&M with, with the – I think that snow is supposed to happen tonight, right, or, or overnight by the time yeah, Kentucky I mean, was getting back from Texas. I sort of wondered if they would just go straight to Auburn. I hadn't heard anything. But uh quick turnaround like that, you'd really only have a you know a day that you would have to a day extra you would have to spend in Auburn. I don't know what they're gonna do. Maybe the maybe the runway will be fine coming home. Yeah, they I'm assuming that they would practice at home on Thursday and then maybe get a practice Friday morning in before taking off to Auburn. But you're you're right. If if that weather's gonna play a factor, I don't I don't know what they do. Uh this is a short turnaround. Late Wednesday night game, an odd time at eight thirty, and then you gotta play a noon central time tip at Auburn on Saturday so there, there's not much time to prepare between these two there's not you know you're right let's get into Texas A&M here Sean to me one of the I guess to everybody not just me <laughs> but one of the most surprising teams in the SEC uh, they're, they're off to a 4-0 start uh, they have not lost a game since December the 11th they lost to TCU 68-64 to on a neutral court and uh, every game since then, they've won. Now, it does come with you know the caveat. The best win they have in this stretch was against uh, Arkansas, um, a five-point win at home, 86-81 to back on January 8th. Every other win they have outside of that, no team has been ranked above 118 in Ken Palm. So, you know, they're beating up on some teams that they're better than. And despite a 15-2 and two start, they are just 60th overall in Ken Palm. But – Sean, it's life in the SEC on the road. You're going into a what probably will be a sold-out crowd tonight uh, down in College Station. It's a T-shirt night down there. But on the surface to me, Sean, this is a game Kentucky should win, certainly. It is, and it, it's a quad one opportunity for Kentucky on the road tonight. And when you dive into Texas A&M, they're 15-2, they're and two, they're 4-0 in the league. Uh, them and Auburn undefeated in the SEC. Kentucky plays on both this week. But when you look at their their tape and their their resume, uh, they really haven't beaten anyone. They they did beat Notre Dame there early in the season on a neutral floor. But when you look at this winning streak, they've won eight straight. Seven of those have been against quad three or worse competition. One of them was against a non D one opponent. Zero and one against quad one games. They lost to Wisconsin. Two and one against quad two. Six and zero against quad three. Six and zero against quad four. And then that one win against non D one, uh, so they're they're fifteen and two. But this feels like a prove it game for them with uh, with this stretch of, of play starting with Kentucky tonight. They have three straight quad one games coming up. This is where Texas A and M kind of identifies itself as a contender or a pretender, not just in the SEC but for an NCAA tournament bid. And, and I think that that's kind of why you look at still fifteen and two. And uh, I think Kentucky wins this game. I know the opening line was in favor of Kentucky. I think Kentucky could win this game, I said, by 16 points if if they play well and continue some of that efficiency offensively. I also think this is a game where Kentucky can get right defensively. 
Uh, I know that that's a, a trend in Ken Palm that's going in the other direction. I think they're 27th now in adjusted defensive efficiency. Uh, I think this could be a game where you look up and A&M maybe finishes with about 60 points or fewer. I think that this could be a game Kentucky plays well defensively in. Yeah, and give a lot of credit to Buzz Williams. This is his third season, uh, first full year there back in 2020, uh, season that was obviously canceled, but this was not going to be a tournament team. Uh, they finished 16 and 14. But, you know, he took over a program that Billy Kennedy's last year, they went 14 and 18. So Billy Kennedy had a good run at Texas A&M, but it felt falling off a little bit. Buzz Williams is a good coach. He's won everywhere he's been. Uh, last year, from what I remember, and I, I don't I don't have the exact number. They only played 18 games, though, last year. They were a team that obviously that was the one, the Kentucky game just got outright canceled, right? They never, they never even made that yeah. game up. It's supposed to be in rup. So that's tough to judge them on how last year went because they seem like, they get hit harder by COVID than most teams. Also, I counted eight transfers off of last year's team. I was thinking they were going to be one of the worst teams in the league. And, again, it's still early, and we're talking about – this is who they've beaten in the league. They beat Georgia, Mississippi, Missouri, along with Arkansas. So, out of those teams, I mean, Arkansas, it's, it's a solid win. But there's a pretty good chance Georgia, Mississippi, Missouri are all going to finish 12, 13, 14 in the league. So, so good on them, you know, to beat up on teams worse than them. But this is not a um, – I don't know if this this is probably not even a team being projected in the NCAA tournament at the moment. I would I would guess. I, not, I didn't look at Lenardi's full bracket, um, but like you said, no. this is a big prove it game for them because you know if they could beat Kentucky to go to sixteen and two, they'll probably shoot way up the the Ken Palm rankings. Um, yeah, and, and they get LSU a week from tonight, or I think so. Yeah, next they do, Wednesday yeah. They, get, they get LSU, so they've they've got a stretch here, but. And they're 4-0 in league play, but when you look at it, they've had one of the easiest league schedules to start. They they played Georgia in one by two. They beat Arkansas by five, Ole Miss by 16, and Missouri by three. Uh, Arkansas was 53 in the net. All those other teams are 133, 179, and 230. So it's been a, a pretty easy schedule. Uh, but it's a game that you know that it's T-shirt night at Reed Arena. Texas A&M's looking for their game to kind of – uh, hang their their resume on. It'd be their first quad one win of the season if they can get it. On the other side, Kentucky, Derek, is playing themselves into – I mean, they're they're getting into contention for a one or two seed if they keep up with this hot stretch of play. I know Lenardi has them as a three right now. They could very, very well find themselves on the two line if they go two and oh this week. Yeah, I mean, that game Saturday is, is huge. Couple more notes on Texas A&M. This is not a very big team in terms of its starting lineup. Uh, looking at their projected lineup, starting five on their game notes, three guards are six foot two, and then the two forwards are six foot eight. So, you know, Kentucky's going to have quite the size advantage here. And just looking at Ken Palm on their profile, Sean, nothing really stands out that much about this group except for defensively, pretty good at forcing turnovers and very good at creating steals, but offensively not a good team when it comes to blocking shots and this is a very bad free throw shooting team surprisingly this is 344 in terms of free throw percentage out of how many teams are there in division one 360 something i think yeah i mean they're right near the bottom of the country in terms of free throw percentage so um again not not a crazy efficient offense or 88th 47th in defense i mean this is not a despite playing some bad teams things like that uh I just don't think this is going to – I don't know. You said 16 points. I don't know if it'll get to that. I mean, you're going to have a big atmosphere. 
like you said, this is a prove-it game for them, probably one they've had circled for a while now. But unless Kentucky just comes out and, and, and really, really struggles shooting the ball, I'm with the, I, I kind of lean towards double digits as well. Ken Palm projects 76-69. So seven points. That's a pretty solid uh, road favorite, though, right, for that computer the ball to be a seven-point favorite. It is, especially against a team that's unbeaten in league play and 15-2 and two on the year. I mean, this would be the win, though. If, if A&M could get this win, then they certainly move into that NCAA tournament conversation. Oh, yeah. And uh, that's, that's why – I think that's what does make it a tough game is because A&M has a lot to play for. Uh, Kentucky, meanwhile, their, their biggest game is coming up Saturday, but you can't get caught looking ahead. And I think with this team being – as veteran-led as it is right now, I don't think that they're going to be caught looking ahead. I think this is a team that understands the, the task at hand one game at a time. And and for Kentucky, Derek, uh, nine games remaining against quad one competition, seven of those away from Rupp Arena. They have opportunities that when we were recording after the Notre Dame game and then after the Ohio State got Ohio State game got changed to North Carolina, we talked about, you know, they're 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 missing out on some opportunities to build their resume. Well, we could look up here in about six weeks and this would be one of the better resumes in college basketball if they have a really good close to January and a, a good month of February uh, with all those opportunities, especially the ones away from home. And we know that the net values winning games away from home. Mm-hmm. And that's the key. Seven road games against quad one competition. The Notre Dame game is going to bounce back and forth between quad one and quad two. When they lost it, it was a quad three. It's 77 in the net right now, so it's back down to quad two. But that loss no longer kills you the way it did in mid-December. This is a resume that that could end up being very, very good if they can string together some wins the next few weeks. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall Guy. Fall Guy. Fall Guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. I was talking to you before we got on here, and it was something that I hadn't really paid much attention to, and I'm wondering how many fans have even realized this, because I haven't really seen much topic about it anywhere in the media on message boards on twitter and sean threw four games uh, five games excuse me in the sec in terms of three-point percentage here on ken palm and defensively kentucky is last in the sec 14th and i was like man i don't really remember teams shooting the lights out so i went and pulled up the stats and because kentucky has won most of these games um going away i just don't think it's been much of a talking point but it is worth pointing out Vanderbilt in that win that Kentucky had um, made 12 of 33s. Tennessee last weekend hit 11 of 23. LSU hit 9 of 23. The only team that's really shot bad, you would say, from three. Um, or I'm, I'm forgetting somebody. Oh, it's like Georgia's in here too. Georgia went eight for 17. Not, not awful. 
Missouri was the only team that really shot the ball poorly against Kentucky in league play. They went five for 25 um, from three-point range. This isn't necessarily me saying, oh, my goodness, this is a giant concern for this team, three-point defense. I, it just snuck up on me, <laughs> and I thought it was worth ringing up because uh, on the flip side, Kentucky's the best three-point shooting team in the league by Ken Palm. So, you know, maybe it's canceling out a little bit. And, and again, they're winning games by so many points that it just isn't something that's really rearing its head. I just found that interesting. I didn't know if you knew that or not before we got on here. No, I, I didn't. And it was uh, it kind of floored me when you said it. But it, I think it's one of those things that if you're not scoring points, then it's killing you. But the way that they're scoring points right now, I don't know if people even notice. And then yeah. that's that's what offense does for you. And and when you look at their their rankings in Ken Palm and where they are in adjusted offense, I think they're fourth right now in adjusted offensive efficiency, yep. 27th in defensive efficiency. Uh, the defensive number you want to see climb. And I know Chen Coleman talked uh, recently that he wants that to get to the top 20. And, and I think by the end of the year, they'll be somewhere in that 15 to 20 range in adjusted defense. Uh, but when you're scoring the way that they're scoring right now, and, and I mean, 107 points versus Tennessee, that's that's a tall task to do every single game. But they've shown that they can get 85, 90 plus on a consistent basis. And when you do that, you don't notice the defensive miscues or the the hot three-point shooting. And, and now Tennessee started hot from uh, three-point range the other day, and that kind of kept them around in the first half. But to, to think that they hit 11 threes there and still lost by 28 points is just incredible. Well, you got to think about Vanderbilt, too, finished with 12 threes, and Kentucky was up by, what, 28 at one point in that game? Yeah. Didn't Kentucky finish with 78 points and didn't even score in the last six minutes? That, that could have easily been another game that would have pushed 90 points if uh, they didn't totally just fall off there at the end. Sean, do you have Ken Palm pulled up or just a schedule? I wanted to – this feels like a good point. They're, they're 17 games through the season, and I was just kind of spitballing here, walking through, going through some games in my head. Ken Palm at the moment projects Kentucky to finish 24 and 7, 13 and 5 in the SEC. So I'll ask you this, Sean. I want to know about this team now and knowing what's left ahead on the schedule. Does Kentucky win more than 25 games or 25 or more, I'll say, games in the regular season? What do you think? So they're 14 and 3 right now. Who they have them losing at Auburn, at Kansas. That's it. That's it. Yeah. Um, I think that I think that they finish with five losses. So I think they'll be twenty six and twenty six and five going into the SEC tournament. Uh, I don't now if they win, if they win at Auburn and at Kansas the next two weeks, then I I could see this team running on a hot streak here and and end the season with maybe one loss or something in the in the stretch of play, or maybe run the table. I don't know the way they're playing right now. Uh, but I'm going to put it that they lose two more games. Uh, I think they'll lose one of these two to Auburn or Kansas coming up, and then they'll sneak – somebody will sneak up and get them maybe. I, I don't know the way Tennessee is playing. I, I watched them last night. I think you and I are both in the, the ballpark that maybe they're not as good as what we thought they were going to be. Uh, but but this league, this league schedule is tough, and uh, they, they might slip up somewhere. But th- this is a 26-win team in my opinion, regular season. This is going to be a 31 team when you throw in the postseason. That, that's, that bodes well uh, for Kentucky. I'm with you. I actually think that 24-7 mark that Ken Palm has them at is, is not bad at all. Um, I, would not. Say, I would say 24 to 26 wins. If they win more than that, then this team is really, like you said, they would have really had to have gotten on a heater. But really, once you look at – they play at Alabama on February the 5th. 
And after that, they play on the road at South Carolina, home against Florida, away against Tennessee, back-to-back home games, two big ones at home. You got Alabama and LSU. And then you go on the road at Arkansas, which is never an easy place to play. But at home against Ole Miss and on the road at Florida, I'm kind of looking at after this Alabama game on February 5th, those games I just mentioned, I think they could win every single one of those games. I think the toughest one in there is probably a road game at Tennessee. Um, or maybe – That's just given Arkansas. the history of the place, right? You're right, yeah. Like, and these are teams – all those teams I just mentioned, outside of Ole Miss, those are all top 40 teams. And Ken Palm, so these are good quality teams that are going to be playing. But I just think given where the location for these games are, I know LSU is a good defensive team. I don't think they're beating Kentucky and Rupp Arena. Um, no. Alabama is so hot or cold, I don't think they're sweeping Kentucky this year. They might get them down in Tuscaloosa if they have a night where they just go crazy, um, hit a bunch of shots, and maybe UK doesn't play as well. But I would say in terms of how hot – I mean, you win at Kansas. I mean, you might not lose a game the rest of the season, honest. I don't know. You know what I mean? Like, or they might slip up here somewhere, here or there. Who knows? But uh, – Really, just based on how we were talking about this team a month ago compared to now, they, they've they really played well. And this that LSU loss is almost just like a – really just kind of a blemish just because you can't even evaluate it the same because Wheeler wasn't there uh, for most of the game and then Washington gets hurt and you're still – what, it was a 60 – what was the score when Sheboy stole the ball? Was it 62-60? Yes. Something like that. No, I mean, actually – was a tie. Well, yeah, what was the score? It was they, they had two dunks to finish the game, right? So it was 61 to 60. Okay. Yeah. So they should have had yeah. the ball with a chance to take the lead right there without your top two point guards on the road. Um, so I mean, this is a this is a pretty quality team right now. I mean, and they're, and they're very enjoyable to watch too. And it's that's all that's how it always is when you have a good offensive team um to watch, but Anything else you want to add before we wrap this episode up? And I think we're going to try to do a mailbag maybe tomorrow or Friday, most likely. Yeah, yeah, we'll we'll probably recap this one tomorrow and then throw up a mailbag on Friday. But yeah, a couple more things here. So you talked about Texas A&M and where they stand right now in the NCAA tournament. They're Lenardi's first team out, so this is a huge game for them tonight. And I know there's a lot of basketball to be played, but this could be the one that on Selection Sunday gets you in or keeps you out if you're Texas A&M, and then Arkansas is right there behind them. And then get this, a team, Kentucky's playing some desperate teams. And, you know, when you get to this part in the year, desperate teams are dangerous. Mississippi State is in the last four in. Florida's in the last four in. So there's some teams there that Kentucky's going to get their best shot, and they're always going to get their best shot when they're Kentucky, but even more so this year with them being on the bubble. And I know it's a long way before, before bubbles start, start to pop, but when you only play Kentucky once, uh, and you lose it, I mean, that's, that's a big loss for you that could build your resume. Uh, how about this auburn Lenardi's overall number one seed right now? Kansas is the overall best two seed. Kentucky plays on both on the road the next two weeks. You win both those, you're in, you're, you're in one seed territory if you win both of those. Give a lot of credit, too. We'll talk about this uh, probably closer to Friday. Just what – love him or hate him. I know he's a polarizing figure in college basketball, but what Bruce Pearl has turned Auburn into and, and just uh, – I think where you got to give credit to Auburn, and I've been there – you probably have too – three times. I've covered three games there, and every single game was a great atmosphere. Auburn won two of those games. Kentucky won once. Um, 
But what I can say about Auburn versus some of these other teams in the league just from TV, it's like every game that Auburn is sold out. And, like, they're just as loud, it feels like, for every game. Whereas, like, tonight, this Texas A&M game, probably going to be the best crowd they have all season. I'm going to guess whenever they host – let's see, who do they play after Kentucky? Their next home game after Kentucky is South Carolina. You, you, you think it's going to be fired up for South Carolina? No. No. Whereas with Auburn, I was watching that Florida game they had the other night. And, dude, it's just as raucous as always. So, um, give credit to those guys. It's going to be a hard place to win. We all know how tough of a place Kansas is to win. This is going to be uh, – if I think if Kentucky can win either of those games, that, that would be huge. Because these are losses, too, like – Yes, it would be terrific, just absolutely terrific for the resume. They're not going to hurt you, though, if you lose They're not at all. So, no. good episode, They're... Sean. Uh, you can wrap us up if you want. Throw, throw that closing thought in there. Didn't mean to cut you off. No, it's, I was just going to say it's it's resume builders. They're not the ones that tear you down. And uh, that's that's the thing is the quality basketball games coming up. And you see Duke lose at Florida State last night. And I, I made the comment earlier today that Kentucky's resume is – going to have a good chance to be better than Dukes, a lot better than Dukes. And people probably think, what are you talking about? They've beaten Gonzaga. They've beaten Kentucky. Well, they have one quad one opportunity remaining the rest of the year, and that's on the road at North Carolina. That's how bad the ACC is wow. right now. So, and, uh, that, that, and when you talk about one quad one opportunity the rest of the way, and Kentucky has nine before the SEC tournament, this is a team that if they do some stuff the next few weeks, Derek, could be in contention for a one seed, and then that would be huge for this, this club. Speaking of North Carolina, man, down 27 points last night yeah. <laughs> at halftime to Miami. They ended up losing 85 to 57. Uh, brutal. And, brutal over there and for that's, those guys. And that's kind of on the verge. They're 42 in the net. Maybe that one doesn't hang on to be a quad one win for Kentucky come Selection Sunday right now. How stunning would that one. be if a North <sighs> Carolina victory is not thought of as a as a very good resume win? Yeah, it's But – Kentucky's got plenty of opportunities for sure over the next few weeks. It's going to be fun to follow along. It starts tonight. I'm, I said I'm going to pick Kentucky by 16. Uh, what are you thinking prediction-wise? Mm, Kentucky by 11. So double-digit win on the road before but going But it's a comfortable to, it's a comfortable game, though. Yep. And weird tip, too, 830, one of those Wednesday night tips on the network. Uh, I've got – we've got a district tournament game tonight at 6. I'm going to try to rush back home and – Get here and cover it, and uh, we'll see what happens. As always, this show is powered by Blue Wire Pods. It's also powered by the Butcher's Pub, three locations, Palmville, Williamsburg, and London. You can visit thebutcherspub.com or check them out on Facebook. He's Derek Terry. I'm Sean Smith. We'll catch you next time on Kentucky Daily.